Hello, everyone. Welcome to worship today on this third Sunday in stewardship. It is wonderful to have you here. Whatever the day, whatever the night, whatever the time, we're just so happy that you've joined us, that we may worship together. Here at Rosedale Gardens, we've been celebrating stewardship for the last three weeks. Our overarching theme is encountering Christ for a better tomorrow. But each Sunday, we've been focusing on an area of ministry. And today, we're focusing on mission. Our theme today is the RGPC Mission Station at Work caring for our community with the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We're not only going to share that in words, but in signs and in photos and throughout the liturgy. Today, I'm also excited to inform you that today is the Crop Walk. It's the Livonia Garden City Crop Walk. It's through Church World Services. In our area, in our city, and now our surrounding cities who have joined us, this is our 37th year walking in the crop walk, and there has only been 51 years. And so we have been a community, and we've joined with other congregations. We've been raising money to fight hunger. So together, at noon today, we're going to have a virtual Zoom kickoff ceremony And then those walkers will then head out the door and begin their walks wherever they are in their communities, near their homes. And all the money that is raised will go to fight hunger both locally and globally. It's truly amazing to be a part of a congregation that really is the hands and feet of Christ. So boys and girls, kids, are you ready? So give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love will last forever.
come, for God gathers us here with that community called faith. Where the hungry are served first, where the thirsty drink life's water. We come, for God welcomes us here to that home called grace. Where the naked are clothed in robes of hope, where the stranger is embraced as a friend. We come, for God reunites us here, sisters and brothers in that family called love. Where justice and righteousness prevail, where all are welcomed into Christ's kingdom. So come, friends, and let us worship God. Hi, boys and girls, and welcome to worship. Before I share a special message with you today, I would like to share with you some words from the Bible. I'm going to be reading from the book of Acts. Now, Acts is a book in the New Testament, in the second half of the Bible. And the words that I'm going to read were written by Paul. Now, you remember Paul. He was the man that we heard all about this summer when we were learning about the fruit of the Spirit. Well, Paul wrote these words in Acts 20, verse 35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, boys and girls, those were some really special words that Jesus said. He said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about giving. Now, Paul, um, remember, Paul was around when Jesus was around on the earth. And then when Jesus went back to heaven, Paul continued sharing the messages of Jesus and his love with all kinds of other people. And Paul helped a lot of Christian churches begin many, many years ago. He taught them how to teach others about Jesus. Well, Paul, there was one church in particular that he thought they were doing a great job. And he told them, you are doing a great job. Well, this church, well, they, they didn't have a lot. They only had a teeny tiny bit of money and they were kind of having a hard time. But Paul encouraged them and he said, you are doing what God wants you to do. You are serving God completely. Now this church, instead of keeping that teeny bit of money for themselves, they shared what little they had to help other people who were in need. And that is what he meant by you are serving God completely. Giving to others. Giving to others in need. That is what God is asking us to do. Well, as kids, you might be wondering, hmm, how can I give to God completely? I don't have any money to give. What can I do? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about how kids can give to God completely. Well, let's take a look here in my mystery bag. Let's see if we can get some ideas about how kids can give to God completely. I have a measuring cup. Hmm, 
A measuring cup is used to measure the amount of things that we can use in a recipe, right? Well, we're going to let this measuring cup remind us that we can give an amount of help to people. We can give an amount of help when our mom needs help cooking dinner or our little brother or sister need help with their, pro their homework or maybe we can give an amount of help to our neighbor who has a lot of leaves to rake. So give me a thumbs up if you can give an amount of help to people. How else can kids give? Hmm, hmm, I have an old toy here. You know what, we can give our old toys and things that we've outgrown to other people who may not have a lot of toys or, or maybe someone younger than us who will be blessed with a fun toy that we have outgrown and we don't really need anymore. So we can give by donating our old toys. How else can we give? I have a watch. You know what? We can give our time. We can, instead of keeping all of our extra time for ourselves, we can share some of our extra time to help others. Um, maybe we can give time to help clean up litter around our playground that's near our house. Or, or maybe we can give our extra time to, to spend time with our grandparents and tell them all about our, our new school year so far. Or maybe there's a new boy or girl in your class at school and you can give them some of your time if they're sitting alone, maybe you can share time with them and help them to feel welcome and wanted in their new school. So we can give our time. Give me a thumbs up if you can give your time. Let's see now, what else? How about, oh, a can of food. Well, we can give or donate food to a shelter or a food pantry near our, our houses so that we can help people who are less fortunate than us and maybe they don't have enough money to buy extra food. And so we can donate or give food to others to help them. Give me a thumbs up if you can help by donating food. And how about this, a marker? Well, this marker is going to represent our talents. You know, we can give our talents. Talents are something that God has blessed us with. It's a gift from him. And we can give our talents to help others to feel joy and to feel happy. So if your talent is drawing and coloring beautiful pictures, you can give that as a gift to help someone else feel better or feel happy. You can, maybe you're a singer, maybe your talent is singing, and so you can give a gift of song or music to help others feel joyful. Or maybe your talent is giving a great hug. That's another way that you can help someone else feel love and to feel special and happy. So a gift of talent is something that you can give. Give me a thumbs up if you can do that. All right, boys and girls, today I want you to think. Think about all of the ways that you can give to God completely. There's so many different ways that we can do that with our gifts, 
and our talents, with our time, by helping and donating to others. These are all ways that we can give and show others the love of God. Let's pray, boys and girls. Dear God, we give you ourselves. We give you our time, our possessions, our talents. Please use us, God, to help your people. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, boys and girls, I hope you have a great day, and I'll see you next time. Our prayer of the day is called, A Prayer for When I Am Thankful, written by a child. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the birds and the animals, the flowers and the trees, the lakes and the streams, and the sun that rises and sets over them each day. Thank you for created everything we see. Thank you for the life we live and for making each person different. Thank you for Jesus, who died for us, that we can go to heaven one day just for believing in him. What an amazing God you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing hymn number 757. Today we are all called to be disciples.
2021 stewardship Bible verse is found in the New Testament letter of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 and this is how it reads we are God's workmanship created in Jesus Christ to do good works this is the word of the Lord thanks be to God trouble now I thought how do we ever get so far down and how's it ever gonna turn around so I turned my eyes to heaven I thought God why don't you do something well I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty children sold into slavery the thought disgusted me so I shook my fist at heaven I said God why don't you do something
We've been spending the past couple of weeks of worship highlighting this community's stewardship campaign, a campaign with the theme of RGPC Cares, Encountering Christ for a Better Tomorrow. We've been reminded week in and week out through the scripture passage from Ephesians that we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And now we are going to spend some time in one of Jesus' teachings as to how we are to put all of this into practice. I'll be reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. And now, before we get into this passage, I want you to know the validity of what I am about to read and its source. The author, Matthew, was once a former tax collector, someone not well-liked in his culture and in his hometown, until he had an encounter with Christ, until Christ called him away from that profession and called him to become a missionary. Matthew was there with Jesus. He touched Jesus. He shared meals with Jesus. He spent long hours on the road with Jesus, traveling from one town to the next. He fished with Jesus. He went on mission trips with Jesus. He lived with Jesus. And he was the beneficiary of having a front row seat to Jesus' teachings. Matthew was so changed by his encounter with Christ that he was eventually martyred because of his ministry. He was willing to die for Jesus. So we can be sure of this eyewitness account. So listen to these words from Matthew as he recalls this particular teaching from Jesus. Now just to give you a quick little background as to where this takes place, Jesus in, is in his last week of his ministry here on earth. He is close to having his uh, last supper with his disciples uh, just before his crucifixion. So here is one of his final teachings that he wished to share with everybody. And Jesus says this, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Well, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or need clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, 
and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and didn't help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. So Jesus has just shared with his disciples what it will look like upon his return, upon his his second coming, when Jesus will, once and for all, redeem the world to himself, and what this will mean for those who believe him to be the Messiah. And sometimes this is the side of Jesus that we don't like, the side of him that is the judge. But a quick reminder here, he has earned the right to judge. We, however, have not. Just remember that. And in this judgment, he puts it in language of separation, of separating the sheep from the goats, putting one group on his right and one group on his left. And those he places on his right, he welcomes them into the kingdom and tells them that they have been blessed by God and are now receiving their inheritance in his kingdom that he has created just for them. And why? Well, Jesus explains. You are receiving all of this awesomeness, all of this goodness, because I was hungry and you fed me and I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was alone and friendless and you welcomed me into your heart and into your home. I was cold and needed something to wear and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in jail and you visited me. Easy enough, right? But the problem comes in when we discover there are those on Jesus' left, that group that we don't often like to talk about, those who are not receiving an inheritance, those who are being separated from Christ. And this group replies to Jesus with a series of questions, questions that are also posed as an excuse as they try to understand where they went wrong. But Jesus, they say, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? When did we see you a stranger or needing clothes? When did we see you sick or in prison and did not help you? And clearly it's here that they miss the point, so to speak. It is here where the rubber meets the road, and this is how I read and interpret this. Jesus is a man of intelligence. He is clearly a good conversationalist. I would imagine he practiced good hygiene. As God's sinless son, he was known to have never been in prison for any wrongdoing. As a public figure, prophet, healer, and teacher, he was never have been known to have walking the streets naked. And he had 12 very close friends who traveled with him everywhere, and they all had to fight for some precious time alone. In other words, Jesus was a safe place. He was a human being who was pretty easy to be around. He was someone who was easy to care for. So when this group of people start making their case and saying to Jesus, hey, if we had seen you in any of these conditions, of course we would have taken care of you, but you never needed any of this. You were good, so what did we miss? To which Jesus soberly and poignantly replies, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. In other words, Jesus is pointing out to them the others, those who don't look, act, or speak like us, those who are harder to love, to care for, 
and to be around. Those whom we feel justified to ignore because they're hard. It's easy to care for those whom we love, is it not? It's easy to befriend those who are similar in life circumstances to us, right? It's easy to attend to the needs of those who can return the favor, yes? And though all of those are good things, what Jesus really needs is for us to look beyond ourselves and to look past our own insecurities and to take care of those for, for those who, who, to take care of those for who reprieve, who need reprieve, compassion, love, acceptance, touch, and comfort. Remember, Jesus didn't say, you cared for them. He said, because you cared for me. Jesus doesn't separate himself out from the least of these. Jesus is saying, I am that homeless person on the street. I am your newly widowed, grieving next-door neighbor. I am the mentally ill person causing a scene in public. I am the inmate who made a horrible mistake. Jesus says that he is all of them, the creator of the universe, the only perfect being to ever walk the planet. God himself says that he is all of that. And who are we to turn our backs on God? One of my favorite movies is a film called With Honors that was produced back in the early 1990s. And the plot line is about a student by the name of Monty, played by Brendan Fraser. And Monty is a senior at Harvard, ma majoring in government, whose biggest goal is to graduate with honors so that he can get a job in order to help people. One cold, snowy night, Monty is on his way across campus to make a copy of his senior thesis, which, is he, which he is carrying in his hands because his computer crashed. When he trips and his thesis falls through a steam grate and into the boiler room in the basement of the library. Once Monty makes his way into the boiler room, he discovers a bedraggled, unkempt, unshaven man in ragged clothes burning the pages of his thesis one by one in the fires of the boiler. Monty stops the man and attempts to get his thesis back only to be met with an ultimatum. For every one thing Monty does for this man, whose name is Simon, played by Joe Pesci, Monty will receive one page of his thesis back in return, and there are 88 pages. Monty is angry and frustrated Yet he agrees to this because that is the only copy of his thesis that he has, pretty much the most important thing to him in this moment. At first, all Monty sees is a smelly, ragged, homeless man who has suddenly complicated his life and a list of things and tasks that he needs to do in order to get his entire thesis back so that he might graduate with honors. And ironically enough, pursue a job in government so that, according to him, he can help, help people, nameless, faceless people. At first, the, thing Monty, the things that Monty does are small and simple, like getting Simon a glazed donut and some clean underwear. Soon he allows Simon to sleep in a broken van that sits in the backyard of the house Monty shares on campus with three other classmates. Over time, as Monty spends more and more time with Simon, a relationship forms. 
it is eventually discovered that Simon is terminally ill. And for Monty, it's no longer about doing a list of things for someone else to get something in return. But it's about taking care of someone that he cares for. Monty becomes so focused on his care of Simon in his final months that his schoolwork begins to suffer and he no longer cares whether he will graduate with honors. Once Monty took the time to look beyond Simon's outward appearance and to set aside his own biases and assumptions as to why Simon became what he was, and he began to see Simon's humanity, both of their lives were profoundly changed. If you're looking for an encounter with Christ, search for Jesus in the least of these. Seek out those who need to be fed, those who need to be touched, those who need clothing and freedom, those who thirst not only for clean drinking water, but those who thirst for dignity, righteousness, friendship, and mercy. My friends, it doesn't take much to find people around you in such great need And I am sorry to say that the longer that this pandemic goes on, the more the needs will increase, whether they be physical, mental, or spiritual. A good friend of mine by the name of JT lives in pastors in the inner city of Detroit. And he was telling me just today about an experience he had this past week on a trip to his local Meyer store. As he pulls into the parking lot, he sees a line of people that wraps halfway around the store. And his first thought was that perhaps the store was so busy that they needed to restrict the number of people inside in order to maintain proper pandemic guidelines. So these people were simply waiting their turn. But then he realizes these people were waiting in this incredibly long line in order to take back their their returnable bottles and cans to which he couldn't help but wonder how many people in that line had to do that first so that they could then have enough money to buy groceries. The need, my friends, is all around. The least of these can always be found. Jesus is walking our streets and is living next door and is standing in line at Meijer wondering when his disciples will step up and answer his call to care. RGPC cares, encountering Christ for a better tomorrow. Let's make sure this isn't just a nifty stewardship campaign slogan, but let's make it a reality. Let's encourage one another to seek out transforming, adventurous, radical encounters with Christ that enable us to care for Christ by caring for the least of these, to transform others' lives simply because we took a moment to see them for the beloved children of God that they are, to bring some hope, joy, peace, love, and mercy into their lives because if we don't do it, who will? My challenge for all of us this day is this. What will we do with these words of Christ? What does it look like for each one of us to consider how we take care of Christ by taking care of the least of these? As we care for our community, 
as we care for one another, as we care for Christ, let us err on the side of compassion and set aside our own biases and fears and let us boldly seek out ways to reach those who are in desperate need, whether we reach out with our hands, with our hearts, or with our money. And in so doing, we will come face to face with Christ and his humanity. And having encountered him in such a way, we are then transformed into disciples who have had a hand in making tomorrow a more safe, sure, and secure place for those who need it most. And Christ is glorified, and his kingdom has grown, and a soul has been loved. How cool is that? Amen. What a privilege it is to come to every Sunday worship and to have an opportunity to give back to God some of our life and our labors with our financial giving. Throughout stewardship, we have really focused on sharing with you the ways in which your financial donations really make a difference in the life of the church. Know that every time you put something in an envelope or you go online to give a gift or perhaps you drop something off, all of it goes to the vital ministries of this congregation, which then are able to reach out into the community, even on a global sense with our church and society committee. So isn't it amazing that when you put even a dollar into the life of this church, you have no idea where it goes, only that it goes to countless people who are in desperate need of help. I know today we're focusing on crop walk and feeding those who are hungry right in our community. And we know that there are 6,000 hungry people just in Livonia alone. And so how incredible it is to know that part of our ministry is serving them, not only as we walk, but as we give and as we share our time. So may you look at this offering today as an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And as you give of your gifts, we know that God will multiply them because together all those gifts can do amazing things for the greater good. It is now time to receive our morning offering.
Let us pray. God of love, we walk by faith, faith in you who created us, and faith that our financial gifts, ties, and pledges will be received as both gift and as our acknowledgement that ending hunger is a goal worthy of the one who gives life to all. Gracious God, on this day and in the days to come, unite us as we walk with one another. Give us perseverance in confronting hunger and wisdom that will better serve the needs of the hungry and the oppressed throughout the world. We walk to accompany those whose daily lives are ones of survival, struggle, and accomplishment, knowing that all people prefer to live lives of dignity, as all are created in your image. We acknowledge that our efforts alone will not end hunger, but we are saying yes to hope, and yes to walking as partners united in a vision that there is enough for all. Transforming God, you came not to condemn, but to save. You shone light in the darkness, flooded the cosmos with grace and truth. You fed the hungry, healed the sick, sought out the lost, and ate with sinners. No one was beyond your concern. You regarded the unseen, touching those long marginalized and had compassion even for those who could not bring themselves to leave what they knew in order to follow you. Your mercy stuns us. Your love astounds us. Your command to love others renders us wholly dependent on your power to work within us. We make our prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, using the words our Savior taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. siento muy bien porque el servicio me ha dado un apoyo, siempre me ha apoyado en los problemas míos difíciles y me siento bien con el servicio. Antes, mucho antes, mucho, mucho, porque cuando él me trajeron la puerquita, él me dijo a mí, y tú vas a coger esa cosita así, digo, déjamela así, que yo la crío y la llevo ahí, como quitándome los ánimos, yo dije, no, no, tengo que estar aquí en el campo, pero tengo que estar haciendo algo, tengo que manejar mi chelito. Ocho, nueve, hay como once, once embarazadas. En esto que tiene la señora, aquí no hay tanto, porque como el, como el trabajo de los cerdos es paulatino, es al paso, no hay tanto que estén iniciándose, pero si se da la educación y se le enseña cómo ellos producir, lo van a hacer. Una familia con, con una granjita de cerdo pueden tener una casa. Mira, yo al principio no tenía, 
por lo menos, pero me donaron esa y cuánto dinerito no me ha entrado a mí, que le agradezco mucho eso. Cuando las personas no, no le interesa que nadie les regale un peso. Son familias trabajadoras, cuando se educan para hacer un trabajo, lo hacen y ya ustedes pueden ver cómo está esa granja. Yo le diría que pueden donarla a confianza para esta comunidad, porque aquí vemos muchas personas que trabajamos. Que es como yo le digo, que no es que le den a uno, sino que enseñen a uno a trabajar. RGPC gives thanks to God for the privilege of being able to confront the evil of hunger through participating in this crop hunger walk. We walk to accompany those whose daily lives are ones of survival, struggle, and accomplishment, knowing that all people prefer to live lives of dignity and all are created in God's image. We acknowledge that our efforts alone will not end hunger, but we are saying yes to hope and yes to walking as partners united in a vision that there is enough for all. Right here and now, we commission our RGPC members who will be walking this afternoon. Join us on Zoom at noon for a kickoff ceremony, then embark on your walk from wherever you are. Please join me in the responsive prayer that will be displayed on your screen. O oh Lord our God, you call us, saying, walk in my ways. May we do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with our God every day of our lives. This day we pray for all those who do not have enough to eat. May their hunger be ended and our hunger for justice increase. This day we pray for those in our congregation taking part in the crop walk, those who raise money to walk, and those who give so generously. We give thanks for the creative ministry of Church World Service who inspire crop walks in over 80 nations. May their work bring healing and hope to our wounded world. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for today's walk and the opportunity it gives us to care for hungry people around the block and around the world. Stretch our hearts to be great enough to embrace your world. Widen our vision to see every person as our sister or brother. Loving God, teach us to walk in your way. Amen. Let's sing Let There Be Peace on Earth.
May God bless us as we walk with one another, striving always to live into the harmony of being God's family. May Christ give us the perseverance to confront hunger so all people will be fed. May the Holy Spirit, who makes us one, grant us wisdom to better serve the needs of the hungry and oppressed. May you receive the peace of Christ when you hear his voice to you in the voice of another this week. May you be Christ to the people you encounter. May you find your faith renewed with my blessing to you. May the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Amen. Amen.